This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of August 18th, 2018. China now drinks more Budweiser than the U.S. What would a 12-pack of Coors convince you not to do? Aldi wishes happy holidays with cheese and wine calendars. And Disney says no more plastic straws! All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Yeah, we don't cover any of that unpopular news. No. It's a lot harder to find. Yeah, well. (laughs) Never. Speaking Uh, of unpopular news. (laughs) Speaking of popular news, here's something from China. China now drinks more Budweiser than the U.S. This article coming from BeverageDaily.com. Domestic beer consumption in the U.S. has fallen over the last two decades, while China's interest in American beer has spiked. Budweiser's sales finally flipped in China's favor for the first half of 2018, and the trend is expected to continue. Poor China. Overall, beer consumption in the U.S. hasn't changed much since 2000. Data from the Rabo Bank shows that 23.5 billion liters of beer were consumed in the U.S. in 2000, and 23.459 billion liters were consumed in 2017. 17 years, like one million dollar change that's it yeah (laughs) i mean that's that's like one guy's difference you know he was just a heavy drinker however what types of beer people are drinking has evolved domestic beer makes up only about 87.7 percent of total consumption in the u.s only it fell to 67.6 percent in 2017 foreign and craft beers together made up just 12.3 percent of u.s consumption in 2000 and has now increased to 32.4 percent i'm assuming this means uh in dollars spent probably not in volume u.s consumers are trading away from abundantly available domestic brews and reaching out for foreign imports instead well this happened years ago instead budweiser heineken and coors people are choosing corona modelo and dos equis the same trend is true in china except they see budweiser as a desirable foreign beer more expensive than the local chinese options it's something that is mirrored in all beer drinking countries like mexico brazil uk and germany domestic beers are declining while craft and foreign beers are increasing so as you read through this, it talks a little bit about what uh, what you can kind of see in the trends throughout the world. Um, people are buying, like it said, buying from external sources for the most part. Um, they go and, and look for some of these beers that kind of bring them back to a place where they were on vacation and they drank this beer. And so they're looking for it to, to be something that they got. You know, it's like one of us going out to, to Mexico and then coming back and saying, I really want a margarita. Mm. We won't be saying that after the episodes later on today. But <laughs> <No>. <laughs> here's here's something that, that comes in for the future, what, what we're looking at. As China's interest in American beers is likely to continue to grow. 
Um, this source reports that China's young adults are earning a record-breaking disposable income, making them much richer than their parents were at the same age. This means they can upgrade from cheap Chinese beer to more expensive foreign imports. If we look at China development, Chinese developments from uh, 10 to 15 years ago, beer consumption started to rise, but profit was low. A lot of brewers were not interested, which is similar to what you see in other Southeast Asian countries. So – if you extrapolate this out, we can probably see what's happening in China, maybe happening in another 10 to 15 years in other Southeast Asian countries and those that allow alcohol and uh, see that building there as well. They had this – we talked about this a while back with, with Russia doing it too, that uh, Budweiser and the Bud Miller Coors stuff are more desirable there than they are uh, than they are uh, uh, here anymore. Uh, they, they have better options, don't they? <laughs> Uh, well, well, maybe they don't in China or Russia. Even maybe in, there's just something inherently <laughs> about former and current communist countries that they like Budweiser. They, Possibly. Even the brands that they mention, like I would take Dos Equis over Budweiser any day of the week. That is definitely a more flavorful brew for sure. <laughs> but um, what we can probably see is that growth to continue. Um you know, you've got the the one-child policy that was recently redacted, I believe, or not redacted, but uh, removed, rescinded. rescinded from China. And so yeah. we may see that economy start to uh, to push a little bit further into the population again. One beer policy. One beer policy does not work well. No. Not well at all. There'll be true revolution. all-out prohibition, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You just keep walking up to the bartender with fake mustaches. That's <laughs> uh, better than fake IDs. But... You know, this this story, um, talking about the U.S. And, and Budweiser, what's going on in the Coors world? Um, well, apparently, uh, in, where was this again? Uh, let's see. St. Paul, uh, Minnesota, uh, James Gable? Gable and uh, Kwame Anderson, uh, apparently... Don't typically cross the bridge over Interstate 94, but this Wednesday, for no particular reason, the beer delivery men decided to take a different route, And they, uh, as they told local news stations. Uh, they were dropping off a shipment uh, of beer at a nearby sports bar, and uh, Gabelle steered the truck onto the bridge, crossing over the busy highway below. Then they spotted a man on the bridge's ledge on the other side of the fence. <laughs> Bro, you all right? <laughs> uh, the driver asked I like this I like, this is how you right. start a conversation uh, as uh, Anderson filmed this on his phone come on this side bro uh, facing them the man on the ledge responded that he was going to take his own life uh, Anderson got the video I'm glad about that yep yeah. uh, and uh, called 911 uh, dispatcher told him to uh, hold off until the police arrived but Anderson couldn't stand and wait he says uh, I'm thinking either I help this guy or he's going to jump I gotta get uh, get this guy entertained somehow because if I wait for the police, things could be over. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first thought that came to his mind, of all things, was Denzel Washington. That's the way it goes. <laughs> what well. would Denzel do? <laughs> <laughs> he recalled the movie Inside Man, in which Washington plays a uh, hostage negotiator uh, in the uh, NYPD. He's like, "All right, I gotta be the negotiator." <laughs> said for the next hour even after the police arrived anderson talked to the man 
He asked him his name, where he grew up, whether he had kids, found out the man had lived four blocks from the bridge, that he had children. He was originally from Chicago. He said, Chicago's tough. I grew up the east side of St. Paul, in the hood, just like you. And at some point, St. Paul police officers and other authorities arrived and closed the eastbound lane uh, of the uh, of the bridge. And Anderson kept asking the man's questions. Did he want any food? Did he want something to, uh, uh, wants him to eat with him? He replied that he wasn't hungry. He's like, do you need any money? Uh, and he says, do you want to have a drink with me? <laughs> the, the man paused. <laughs> and he got, Anderson goes, yeah, a beer? And the man goes, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, as the officers continued distracting the man, Anderson rushed uh, to the uh, to the beer truck, grabbing a 12-pack of Coors Light. He brought the case of beer to the, uh, to the bridge's ledge, opened it, and told the man if he climbed down from there, the 12-pack was all his. The man agreed, slowly retreating to safety, where emergency responders placed him in an ambulance and transported him to a hospital. So he didn't get to keep the beer. <sighs> I I'm mean, sure we don't know. Maybe they him. let him take it in the ambulance. They yeah. should have. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a there's a part here where the officers said, you know, said good job, told him good job. He said, it's been a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Okay, I, I think uh, it would take something have, more than a twelve pack of cores to talk me down, but something tells me they're going to grab that and uh, run an advertising campaign around it. <laughs> I was gonna, uh, as you know, when I first read this, I was thinking, oh. You know, they're gonna get like they're getting. He's gonna get in trouble because he broke into the stash of beer in his, in his, you know, in his delivery truck. But I was like, you know what? I bet, I bet they're gonna let the the, the press for this. Yeah, I mean, how do you wow. not? Like, you can't just be like, dude, seriously, and like fire the guy or something like that. When, when it's, actually the story's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, did they actually open it? Did like a beer get cracked? That's what it sounded like in the story was that they yeah. he brought out of here and cracked one open. Like, dude, this is all yours. Mm. All this can be yours. This, mm, it's ice cold, just like the Rockies. <laughs> what well, uh, do, do they still do? The the mountain turns blue for uh, I don't knowing know. it's cold. I, I was making a joke about it recently. I don't know if they still do that. No, I'm mm. sure. I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> I I don't. But I you mean, know. Oh, go ahead, Brady. I was just gonna like at least he was. I think the talking to him probably helped uh, initially, and that like the beer was the last resort. And it's like, well, after after that talk, and then just like <laughs> after I, that talk, he was pretty thirsty. <laughs> like maybe he's just like, yeah, I could use a beer, I guess. I think in all <laughs> honesty, <laughs> the talking with him like made the guy reconsider, and like, then co- like come down a little and bit then mentally. Offering him the beer gave him the out to you know. You yeah. just don't. You just don't want to admit that Coors Light has this sort of power. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> I really don't, because I don't think well, it does. <laughs> you know what? Uh, if you if you look at those mountains and they do turn blue, you know what won't be blue this year? Your Christmas. <laughs> I was really afraid of where this was going. Yeah, I was kind of afraid. <laughs> no, I was just thinking. Well done. Uh, and 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 honestly, we should almost have a separate segment on this freaking show now. That's just like this week in Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> Every week they're doing something um, else. So Aldi, the uh, the grocery chain, for those who don't know, uh, is selling an adult version of the popular holiday advent calendar featuring a mini bottle of wine for every day of December leading up to Christmas. Uh, the Germany-based grocery store chain will sell a cheese version as well. 
So Aldi will start selling the wine advent calendar in the U.S. on November 7th. And uh, this was to Food and Wine magazine. The Ooh, wine in the U.S.? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Usually these things just happen in Europe. Oh, man. Which, I just yeah, which I they can't actually wait to did. see the Red Leicester in, in September. <laughs> uh, the wine calendar oh, will contain... Winsley Dale in, in July. <laughs> the wine calendar will contain 24 miniature bottles of red, white, and bubbly, including Pinot Grigio, Sauvignon Blanc, Merlot, Malbec, and other blends. Last yeah. year's wine advent calendar was only sold in Europe. And it contained the equivalent of six bottles of wine. Uh, the cheese advent calendar promises to pair perfectly, containing 24 different <laughs> cheese samples leading up to Christmas Day. Both specialty advent calendars will only be available for a limited time, and all the official told food and wine. The wine, is, uh, the wine calendar is expected to sell for $70, and the cheese version is expected to retail for $13. Is it bad that I want to get on the phone right now and start asking my Aldis if they'll carry this? I we have one like really close to us, and I'm just like wondering now. Is, it would is this have to be, be a thing. It would have to be an Aldi outside of Kentucky because they don't let oh. them con- uh, have uh, out, uh, wine or liquor. Ooh. So it would have to be over on the Ohio side or the Virginia side for me on my end. But that's uh, I'm tempted to start calling. <laughs> it is intriguing. Like at the very least, I want the cheese one. <laughs> you know. Oh, they they would probably have the cheese one in Kentucky, most yeah. likely. That's that so. so awesome. Are you prefacing this call with? Uh, so I'm not an alcoholic. I just have to know: Are you going to be having the wine advent calendar? <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy multiples. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's how is, you have a party. Like it, it, it. I want to know how big the little bottles are. Like it, you know. Well, are they just like airplane size? Are they like slightly? I want to see this in person, I guess. Didn't it say six bottles of wine? That was the one for last year in Europe, that it was the equivalent of okay. six bottles of wine. Of we're the, missing we're missing a really good... Oh, yeah. There, uh, someone's missing a really good uh, marketing thing here as they like show this commercial for it. Playing red And then baby. you get to a point and it's five smelly cheese. <laughs> 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 da, da. So if, if, if this is six bottles of wine like it was last year... Each one would be basically a glass of wine per. Okay. Wow. So yeah. you're looking at like the standard plastic bottles of of the uh, uh, Sutter Home, those types of okay. bottle size. Hmm. I mean, it's a, so, it's a really interesting idea, and the calendar it shows a an image of the calendar. It looks kind of cute, like it, it's you know a nice little advent calendar. It's all blue and and um, very festive. Okay, there is a another Aldi really close to us in Ohio as well. So awesome. I may. It doesn't start selling till November seventh, so I'd be interested to at least go. So it's going to wait see. until the season, actually. Okay. Yeah, like good for them, you know. So does that mean we have to like like we do for the the beer campouts? Are we <laughs> we going to have to do this for Aldi wine? I don't know. I mean, is we it... might have to actually. It might be that popular of a thing. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to say. All right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of a popular thing, not not popular thing. <laughs> so, uh, the Walt Disney Company has announced its plan to eliminate single-use plastic straws and plastic stirs at all its owned and operated locations around the world by 2019. That's a that's a pretty short timestamp on that coming up. Mm-hmm. All parks except Disney Tokyo are included in this plan. That will eliminate more than 175 million straws 
and 13 million stirs annually. Uh, there's elim- a Disney Tokyo? Oh, yeah. there's a Disney everything. <laughs> uh, eliminating plastic straws and other plastic items are meaningful steps in our longstanding commitment to environmental stewardship, said Bob Chapek. 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 Chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Consumer Products, uh, these new global efforts help reduce our environmental footprint and advance our long-term sustainability goals. In addition to removing straws and stirs, other shakeups for Disney uh, hotel and cruise ship fans include a shift to refillable in-room amenities. The company also plans to cut oh. down on single-use plastic shopping bags. Uh, Disney's announcement comes shortly after Starbucks pledged earlier this month that it would be eliminating plastic straws from its stores worldwide over the next two years. The coffee chain has already introduced uh, the strawless lid, which features a raised lip. It's available in more than 8,000 stores in the U.S. and Canada for select beverages. McDonald's also revealed in June that it would be replacing plastic straws with paper ones in restaurant locations in the UK and Ireland. And that's mainly because they changed the laws there and they have to. Mm-hmm. It's not out of goodness in McDonald's heart. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> as evidenced by a report in Time, the alternatives for plastic straws are problematic for people with certain disabilities. Paper straws can get soggy and uh, disintegrate, <laughs> which will be an issue for those who take a longer time to drink. Metal straws aren't usually flexible, making them a far more difficult tool to use for people who have mobility-related impairment. Uh, Renewed attention to reducing single-use plastic has drawn criticism from some disabled rights advocates by limiting plastic straws. Companies are no longer providing the disabled community with an accessible way to consume food and drinks. Uh, meeting the needs of guests with disabilities is extremely important to us. Walt Disney Company spokesman uh, Stephanie yeah, Stephanie Christine Corset uh, told HuffPo, "As we move forward with this initiative, I'm surprised there aren't more puns in this. Mm, yeah. As we move forward with this initiative, uh, we are actively involved in uh, discussions to identify and develop accessible alternative options for those who need them. Maybe just keep a case of regular ass." plastic drinking straws in the back for when the time comes you get you get them uh their own commemorative uh crazy straw that makes a mouse ears well they, uh, no, they, need, they need the ones to bend and all that you know yeah. to, for... make them not single use how about that, that i mean also... if you here i mean my thought is if you if you are um in that community we you ought to be able to to get a um a multiple use straw that is yours and yours alone that you're you can use on those types of um situations yeah yeah a lot of the stuff at disney i know it's um i think most of the parks now you get this big refillable plastic mug that actually has rfid in the bottom of it yeah yeah and now that's how they're doing it and it's a plastic lid that you don't have to use a straw with but i get I get what the opponents to this are saying with the whole, you have a lot of people with disabilities who need the plastic bendy straws. <laughs> I didn't think about that at all either. Cause I, I was, we've been watching a lot of a particular um, channel on YouTube that go, goes over like food at Disney and uh, they've, they keep showing like pictures and stuff of, of uh, and videos of like even alcoholic drinks or whatever. And it is, it's that um, like crazy straw, you know, the reusable straw that's in the shape of Mickey ears Mm-hmm. And that that's in every new drink that you get now. 
Um, Which has raised the price of every beverage yeah, you get. Yeah, because you get to keep Disney. the straw. But it, uh, yeah, they've got to be able to make one of those or something similar but, that that does a bend kind of thing. I would think. I mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking of uh, uh, my old rule for how you get by with underage drinking is where you put just a crazy straw in there, and if it's Disney shaped, that's even better. Yeah. Oh yeah, you I would totally like, want that Mickey straw. You used to be you had to get like a, a crazy straw to drink at like 14. Now with a, a bendy crazy <laughs> straw, you can do it at like 12. Right. That's that's how you get by. Is this where it cuts to that thing from World's End? He's like, why do you think I drink from this this crazy straw? <laughs> yeah. Not so crazy now, am I? That's true. I forgot about that. Well, Speaking you know something drinking. crazy? <laughs> so speaking of drinking, uh, <laughs> somewhere that no. doesn't get to drink a lot of things. Uh, a, of good things. A, a brewery that has beers in the 18.5% range moving into Utah. Yeah. yeah. They're going to put I, a lot of crazy straws in their drinks. A lot of crazy straws. <laughs> yes. So Dogfish Head is expanding distribution to Utah. Uh, of course, it has a picture of <laughs> of Sam Calgione with a Utah flag. Um, so Dogfish Head Brewery is happy to announce its collection of off-centered beers is on its way to the great state of Utah beginning in mid-August. So probably now-ish. Uh, the Delaware-based craft brewery partnered with Carlson Distributing to bring Dogfish Head's flavorful ales to residents throughout the state of Utah, taking the company's total market distribution to 43 states and Washington, D.C. Committed to consistently delivering goodness to its fans, Dogfish had strategized and laid the groundwork for a forward-looking growth path or plan for Utah and beyond. The brewery enjoyed explosive double-digit growth in 2017 and tripled the size of its sales team to further support its existing distribution partners across the nation. Along with its diverse and innovative portfolio of craft beers, Dogfish redesigned its artwork, revamped its packaging, introduced cans to the mix, and announced a 2018 artist collaboration with Mark Spusta uh, for the Off-Centered Art series. Um, Excuse me, jeez. So Sam Calgione said, uh, we're excited to ship our innovative beers to dogfish fans in Utah and to begin a great and long-lasting relationship with the beer drinkers, retailers, and distributor partners in the state. We have our canning and bottling lines pumping out a ton of beer and enough brewing capacity to ensure we can keep retailers well-stocked with our well-differentiated family of beers for years to come. I believe Um, he also said it feels so good. (laughs) I believe Every he said time. it does not feel so good to have to cut the beer in half when they send oh, it to them oh. and water it down. Casey's, inform- Casey's informed me I'm thinking of Chuck Mangione. <laughs> right, right. Common common mistake. Um, so Dogfish fans in Utah can expect to see all the brewery's iconic fan favorites, including 60-Minute IPA, Sequench Ale, Flesh and Blood IPA, and 90-Minute. Um, off-centered art series releases and limited quantities of occasional rarities will also be available throughout the year. Um, dogfish head, uh, sorry, for those craving a bite with their dogfish head beers, the brewery Ooh. suggests pairing these off-centered pints with some well-known Utah dishes. 90-minute IPA is a great match for the iconic pastrami burger, which is fine. Mm. Uh, its sturdy malt backbone stands up to rich, salty flavors in the sandwich, and its prominent West Coast hops are an excellent foil to the burger's slightly sweet, creamy dressing. This sounds fine. Um, well, as much as I have had 
Utah food. I've never even heard of the pastrami burger. I know, right? There was uh, one of those places uh, when we went out for Nerdtacular that we kind of wanted to go to, but it was go there or drop by In-N-Out Burger. Oh. Uh, This is the last food one that they mentioned. I've never heard of this either. Grab a 60-minute IPA while enjoying funeral potatoes. Its assertive citrusy and piney hops counter the slight saltiness of the dish while its crisp finish balances out the creaminess of the casserole. So it's, it's a... I've got to look this up. I'm willing to bet it's <laughs> yeah. basically the hash brown casserole or... It, it looks like hash brown casserole. It yeah. is. Okay. Oh, but okay. you top it... I don't know delicious. if it's common to all of them, but this one's topped with kettle-cooked potato chips. Uh-huh. It's just sounds lazy. <laughs> just sounds lazy. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, and... Chips. That's like our funeral uh, funeral salad sandwiches in Kentucky, I guess. Mm. This what's, is probably the dish that everybody goes to everybody's funeral and brings. I don't know what that like is. Three of them out on the counter at the, the wake every time. Yeah. <laughs> what's a funeral salad sandwich? I'm with Brittany. Oh, no, you never. I mean, I've probably had more funeral salad sandwiches at the funeral home less than two miles from yeah. your house than anywhere else. Yeah, so <laughs> funeral salad is a bologna salad basically but you also mix it with ham so you do ham and bologna together and then grind that up mix it with mayonnaise and sometimes cheese and then that doesn't sound great see what i think when when i think of funerals i think of fried chicken yeah Uh, as far as the eye can see fried chicken and cold pizza for me that's there's always a hot and ready for some reason that was brought to you know the place the day before and is now cold. <laughs> oh, it's uh they also use crushed cornflakes on top. Uh-huh. Again, I, I guess it just feels the like they went into their their cabinet and went. Eh, so whatever. The better question here is are they going to have a 120 minute IPA in Utah? That's the thing. Not once do they bring up the ABV issue. And or, I'm kind of wondering well, if how they're that bottling goes now. everything, or, then they can yeah. sell whatever they want. And I think they rolled back some of those those issues. That's the reason three two beers going away. Mm. Okay. Okay, and that that is a good point about the bottles and cans and stuff too. Like if it's just there to buy, then it doesn't really matter. A tidbit for those who might be traveling in the Delaware area. Speaking of Dogfish Head, on uh, uh, Labor Day, they are releasing bourbon barrel aged 120 minute IPA. So you thought the regular 120-minute <laughs> IPA was boozy and could peel some paint. They threw it in bourbon barrels, and I think there's only like 200 <laughs> bottles, and they're selling it out of uh, straight out of the inn's tap room. You know, you uh, you keep that that, bourbon, that that ale in there for a little while, and then you take it out and you put bourbon back in it so it can increase the alcohol content of the <laughs> bourbon. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Whew. Just one of those I all can think of is what has science wrought? <laughs> yeah. Mm, I can tell you, you what science has wrought. Cease and desist? Cease and desist. <laughs> I mean, I would have a cease and desist against. Anyway, um, <laughs> beloved, beloved burger chain in and out burger uh, seems to get a laugh over San Francisco Brewery's uh, uh, Seven Stills new can offering. A Neapolitan milk stout called irreverently the In and Out Stout. Uh, <laughs> and before the amusement subsided, 
and announced lawyers drew up a case and cease and desist that include no less than nine puns about the brewing and distilling, uh, <laughs> about brewing and distilling, as uh, Seven Stills is also a distillery. With a name like that, I can't imagine. It's got to be good. Uh, the letter which arrived on July 12th included necessarily necessary wording request uh, that the brewery refrain from selling anything with the In-N-Out logo and branding, uh, uh, but did so with humor, with good humor. <laughs> No? Okay. No, no. That just it's a bad joke about cream. good Thanks. humor. We don't good. want to cease and desist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, please understand that use of our marks by third party uh, third parties ails us to the extent uh. that it could cause confusion in the marketplace or prevent us from protecting our marks in the future, the document rate read. We hope you appreciate, however, that we are attempting to clearly distill our rights by crafting an uh, amicable <laughs> approach to you rather than barrel through this. This is all extremely painful. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. Uh, Seven Stills co-owner Tim Obert uh, says the company expected to receive the cease and desist <laughs> and was not surprised when it arri- arrived several weeks ago. He adds they will honor in and out's letter and uh, will release the beer with a different packaging on Thursday uh, at all three of their San Francisco locations. Uh, this is not the first time they've attempted to sell beer uh, featuring a riff on existing brands. Earlier this month, they released a beer with gummy candies resembling Swedish fish on the label. Ah. The com- <sighs> company uh, dropped two beers that played off the Swisher Sweet packaging. <laughs> nice. Mm. So this is a trend yeah. in craft that I do not like. and uh, There is a, a brewery in the area here that loves to do this and it's i don't think they've hardly ever released an original label that isn't just literally copying pasting some other copyrighted thing and it really is like at first it's kind of like haha you kind of laugh a little bit and after a while you're like no can you not think of anything else like is your whole head just full of puns and references to other things like that is their brand now (laughs) um you know, uh, I have I have two two thoughts that are kind of along the same lines of this stuff. One is that sometimes I'm like, oh, the cease and desists are a little little you know too much. It's you know you can get over it. This is actually in and out's logo, oh, just yeah. straight on up, a yeah. can. It's flat. And I went, yeah, no. That the other thing is they knew this was going to happen. They did it so they could get stories like this so people would know they're making this beer. Yeah. Pretty Just much shameless like, advertising. At is that this going to be the future of what's coming with craft? Like, uh, there's going to be all these cleverly worded and punny cease and desists coming out, or are you going to get more town criers walking into tap rooms and like? <laughs> I feel like you get that for the first couple. After a while, they're like, "Guys, seriously, when we said cease and desist, we meant it." <laughs> Especially if it's coming from Budweiser. <laughs> they mean it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Here's some tickets to the Super Bowl. Also, it's a picture of your house with a drone strike uh, <laughs> marker on there. We'll kill you. It's those Belgians. They'll do it. They'll do it, man. Well, you don't have to worry about being killed when you go away to this sleepaway camp, do you, Chris? No. Uh, Minnesota Brewery is hosting a craft beer summer camp for adults. Well, you don't know it's... what kind of Indian burial ground they've made this camp on. <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, so, adulting can be hard. Ugh, I hate that. 
With all the stresses of work, money, and relationships, there are times when we'd all like to return to the carefree days of our childhood, thanks to Camp Fair State. That's now possible with the added bonus of beer. Hosted by Minnesota's Fair State Brewing Co-op, uh, Camp Fair State is the ideal summer retreat for beer-loving adults and will take place September 7th through the 9th. This year uh, marks the second camp hosted by Minnesota Brewery with 50 campers attending at uh, at first retreat at Mighty Axe Hop Farm in 2017. Plans for this year are much more ambitious, however, with capacity up to 150 campers in the cabins uh, at the new location, which is the YMCA Camp Miller in Sturgeon Lake, Minnesota. 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 We're scaling up across the board. Uh, Davin Hokobo Bowl? Sure. Davin. Uh, member coordinator at Fair State and camp director of Camp Fair State. Uh, Rar Malting is coming and overseeing a lot of beer-themed stuff. There's a homebrew session where folks can come in, uh, know nothing about homebrewing, and leave ready to get started on their first batch. I support this. I, more, I would actually... I kind of think the whole adult summer camp thing is a bit silly. We have jobs. We can go pay for vacations. But this could be your vacation, I suppose, so I should <laughs> stop being judgmental. Yeah. Uh, but the the thing of like, oh... You can also learn how to brew beer this whole time. I'm like, okay, never mind. I'm in. <laughs> For more advanced I like folks. The idea. I like the idea of you just pay this what three fifty basically, and you get to drink all the beer you want for like three days. Yeah, two days. <laughs> could just be plastered. Uh, While also firing a bow and arrow. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> For more advanced. And canoeing. I'm gonna go I wanna go and I'm gonna bring my uh my beer helmet that has the two cans. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And doing like, oh no, I can do archery, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're more on the knowledgeable side of uh homebrewing RAR is sending uh one of their people to talk about different mashing techniques. Also on the camp schedule are expert talks about malts, hiking, swimming, mountain biking, climbing, canoeing, archery, and capture the flag. Drunken capture the flag at camp. <laughs> yes, that, please. I want this. I want that so Okay, bad. how how capture the flag? Like, just like you running around, or do you have, like, paintball guns? Oh, oh God, that'd be bad. Not, no, not even paintball guns. Just, every, like, just capture the flag. Just, like, a straight up, you got to run up there and steal the flag. I don't know, get tackled or something. But just a bunch of drunks really, trying I mean, to you, be stealthy. The, how is a 350-pound beer drinker going to be stealthy? I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what's going to be funny. You're going to hear them wheezing and trying to, like, roll through the woods. A lot of drunken tackling. They're already tackling. having to be outside. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, it's uh, $350 a camper. For uh, Camp Fair State, uh, it isn't cheap, but the price does include all meals, cabin lodging, and, of course, lots of beer. <laughs> you Worth had, it. If you haven't had the chance to vacate your adult life yet this summer, we feel you. <laughs> this is equally great and terrifying. <laughs> I was, so this was this is the equivalent to me of when uh, the NoFX Camp Punk and Drublick popped up, and I still didn't get to go to that. But then they just literally took everything I loved, rolled it into a big ball, and said, why don't you come up here to Columbus for a weekend? 
come camping. There's a craft beer festival. It's most of your favorite bands. She's <laughs> like, no, uh, those things are great all individually. Let's not start mashing them together. Well, you know what happens. This is this is what happens, I guess, whenever you get hundreds of sweaty guys with lots of disposable income and bring them out into the the forest. <laughs> but you know what happens when you get those same guys and bring them into the city? A whiskey collecting event gets out of hand, causes road closures at a nearby distillery. <laughs> Coming Obviously. from Forbes magazine online, according to the BBC... So that's two vias there. Police were forced to close a road near a famed Scotch whiskey distillery in Speyside due to huge members of whiskey collectors hurrying to purchase a new limited bottle of whiskey, only available at the distillery and duty-free stores. The McClellan, McCallan Distillery released a new Genesis bottle at the distillery in Craig Lodic, Craig Galaki, Galashi. Look it up on August 14th, <laughs> Tuesday at 10 a.m. Here's my question. Did this beer cause a world of confusion? Ooh, it may have. Mm. Um, the announcement sent over 300 whiskey collectors to the distillery causing a serious traffic jam on the morning of Tuesday, eventually forcing local police to close the road. The bottle is priced at over $650 oh. U.S. and was released to celebrate the new state-of-the-art $180 million U.S. McAllen Distillery, which opened June 2nd. A limited number of 2,500 bottles are available or were available at this time for purchase at the distillery at the and at McAllen Airport Boutique. McKellen has continuously been under the spotlight recently. In April, two of the rarest McKellen bottles in existence sold for $1.2 million at Les Close, the Dubai airport. Probably Les Close, if I were guessing. Um, at their uh, Dubai airport retailer. The distillery later announced a $15 million marketing campaign launching in October of 2018 with the new distillery making headlines all around the world. 2018 has been a rather eventful year for the McClellan brand. Now the distillery's new release is causing traffic jams with thirsty fans hurrying to get their hands on the new bottle. Distillery spokesperson said, Wildest Wildest. I love the wildest there. Wildest every effort was made to communicate to our customers that there would be no access to the site prior to 930. A number of people hoping to secure one of these limited bottles gathered at the gates, causing a local road to become blocked. They had to contact local police, minimize the disruption, and swiftly close the road. Um, the distillery is grateful for the local police for their assistance, and in light of the issues, they're reviewing their procedures. <laughs> yeah. Because whiskey collectors don't tend to listen. I was trying to figure out how many of their bo those bottles they would have to sell to pay off their whole thing. <laughs> uh, two thousand, uh, two hundred seventy-six thousand nine hundred twenty-three bottles nah. to pay for the whole facility. Interesting. Yes, quite. I don't think few, they made that many. Fewer than that. So something tells me they won't be doing uh, any more rare releases from this facility. <laughs> well, if they do, they may do them in the evening. Um, and they may contact the police beforehand <laughs> to go ahead and get that road closed off. Hmm. Yeah. 10 a.m. Is, is a little much when people are trying to get to work, too. So, no, that's uh, when, what was it? It was uh, da, 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 a Willet Antique uh, barrel pick dropped at a local liquor store and they didn't have to shut the road down but yeah people lined up out there pretty early and in <laughs> uh, 
in spectacular fashion. <laughs> As these things tend to go. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. Yes, uh, we'd like to remind everyone, this is our news-only show, but we do a weekly long-form show also discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And we will be uh, not live next weekend, so just a heads up there. Um, you may be dead. <laughs> well, uh, so... Um, Next weekend, we will have no live shows, but we will be posting um, the second parter to our main show. So just so yeah. everybody is aware of that. Um, so, so there will be no no news show next week, however. Yeah. So uh, we will see you the Saturday after that, which will be what September 1st. Gosh, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> we'll see you September 1st, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on a normal normal day. So, uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> <laughs>